Hello, everybody. I'm here with Matt Adams today on our sports and lifestyle podcast. My name is Justin Ball, aka J Ball, and today. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Justin Ball, aka J Ball. I'm here with Matt Adams, aka Madams, and we have a special guest today, Brennan O'Connor. He's been a friend of ours through high school. Um, we're going to be talking current issues in the NBA. We're all going to give a, a top ten list, and then we're going to about halfway through. Um, uh, another dear friend of ours, Max Harrington, a.k.a. Gunna Yak. You know, don't know where that came from, but he'll be giving us a uh, surprise Super Bowl prediction. And, you know, you guys can give us some comments. We may answer a couple questions. We'll see how much time we have today. But all right, let's get to it. How are you doing, Madams? I'm doing pretty well. I'm super excited. This is the first podcast, you know, we're getting getting ready to go. Um, I think having Brandon here for the first one makes it a little easier. You know, he, he's, he's really good at talking about sports and lifestyle, you know. And uh, what first of many guests we're going to get on this show. So I'm super excited to talk about some of the different things going on in the NBA right now. And even get a uh, guest call in, too. That should be super, super cool. So if we want to start with some of the um, proposed rule changes in the NBA, I'll, uh, I'll go over to our special guest first. Um, the first rule change that was proposed, um, having play-in games for the NBA playoffs, where the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seeded teams in the regular season would... Um, do some sort of play-in tournament similar to the wild card in baseball and some other sports that have wild card type styles as well. Um, could increase competitiveness. Could Would this also... be a one game thing or? I actually don't know. I think it might be like a, it might be like a, like a semifinal right. final thing, like seven versus right. 10, eight versus nine winners play winners. It might be like that. It might also be like a, I don't know if they would do like a round robin. That might be just too many games. Cause gotcha. the but they were talking about shortening the regular season. Yeah, too, they were. So, so um, but I think it, it could be super interesting. Brennan, I'm curious what your thoughts are on playing playing games for uh, bottom four seeds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. It's always an honor talking to you guys about sports and how to do it on your on your Sport and Lifestyle podcast. I'm, I'm really stoked for this opportunity. Uh, but I think it's a great idea. The NBA is really on top of the changes that they're making. They try to stay at the top of the sports scene in terms of making it a good experience for the fans and their league alike. And I think what we see with March Madness is there's tons of excitement from when there's one game where it all matters because then you see really high-quality basketball. And not to say that it's not high-quality in the playoffs, but when you're playing just one game for a chance to prolong your season, that's when you're going to get tons of exciting shots, like game winners, stuff like that we're seeing in March Madness. So I think it's a great idea and something that really could be implemented right off the rip. Uh, something I have to say about that, Brennan, is I think the NBA does a great job of being responsive to their fans as opposed to some other leagues like the NFL. We kind of saw that with the little Colin Kaepernick stuff. They don't really have a they don't really have a sense for what the majority of what their fan base wants, and you know, they're not they don't really look out for they don't they're not woke as some people would say. Like Adam Silver is someone who cares about his fans. He the anthem is not an issue in the NBA because he made it. He made the players feel like they had to say, and he listened to them and then let them know that this is not something that is messed around with before games, and the players listened to him. So he's a responsive commissioner, and I think he's responding to the fans now, and I think he will only come up with a great... I don't think this necessarily might be a great... I think this idea will stick. I don't know how it'll work out. I think it's a very exciting idea, but I do know that the NBA is way more responsive than other leagues, and that is something I like about that. Yeah, and to build off that, I agree 100%. I think that the leadership at the top of the NBA is really strong right now. Um, minus maybe a few hiccups with the instance in, with, with China recently with Adam Silver. I can't think of any other time where there's been significant outlet, uh, like backlash to what he's been doing. He's a great leader, and the biggest thing about him is he's open to change. He's looking at what other leagues around the world are doing. Um, 
most of the leagues in the United States aren't necessarily doing that. He's looking at what European soccer is doing too. And um, he's thinking about maybe implementing another rule change, which is the, uh, he's considering doing a mid-season tournament, which could be super interesting. Um, maybe like a single elimination type format, um, similar to maybe how the, the playing tournament would go. But he's thinking about having players during the, during the season, starting at like around Thanksgiving, just after Thanksgiving up until a few weeks into December, and having teams compete for some sort of award. Not sure exactly what this is going to be yet, but definitely something interesting and something to look forward to maybe in the future. What do you guys think about that rule? Is this something comparable to like a soccer team playing like a like a tournament, like a Champions League game, and then also having their domestic season and have like a couple domestic cups to participate yeah, in as well? Yeah, it's exactly like that. I think that what Adam Silver was looking at is in the NBA, there's really only one team trophy that you can go after which is the NBA championship whereas in soccer your trophy cabinet as an individual player has many different ways you can go you can you can win you know the Champions League you can win your domestic league you can win Europa there's so many different ways that you can win and there's a lot of individual accomplishments too but that goes for any sport but the NBA there's really only one so for a lot of fan bases and teams where they haven't had much success I feel like a mid-season tournament could actually be a great way for teams to to you know have a way to to win a trophy, like it's a, the Knicks, you know, the Knicks could could brand themselves off winning three straight, you know, uh, midseason cups or whatever they're going to be called. You know, that that could be something super interesting to follow, and maybe some sort of reward that incentivizes teams performing well and building their team as opposed to tanking, which I think has been a big issue that this could help solve. Yeah, definitely. I I think I might have a little surprising take on this one. I'm kind of not a fan of this rule change. Sure. Uh, I think one of the biggest problems of the NBA right now is the lack of interest that the players are showing in things other than winning a championship. And it it really is a title-driven league right now. And we saw over the summer, top players don't even want to play for their country anymore. And that's not something we're seeing in soccer. Soccer, those players live, breathe, die, that's that sport. So when they're given the opportunity to play for their club or their country, they're taking it. But right now, basketball players are really focused on their bodies and making sure they're in the right shape for those playoff runs. So I don't know if adding more games with something that isn't necessarily going to uh, have something concrete that players really want to be a part of is something that's going to be good for the league. So, Justin, what do you think about, like, what rewards could there be to make it so that something the players are actually incentivized to want to do? I think in this day and age with all the new hype with load management, it's a really that's the only really uh, problem I see here is making the reward equal for the players and for the franchise. Because the money reward will help some players and that will clearly help the franchise but some players are clearly only in this for the accolades and clearly this accolade isn't going to be as much as winning a title so why would they do anything that's not gonna get them a title like we literally hold lebron accountable for only having three rings why would he do anything that's not going to get him to his fourth even if it'll help him gain more money or a little bit more fame he doesn't care he wants that last title and that's something i think i don't really have any direct answers to a good reward i think that's gonna maybe in the next six months or so we'll have some bigger minds tackle that issue but i do know that it's gonna have to be a little compromise between player and franchise yeah i think that it's super interesting when you look at the what the players and incentives are i think going back to what brennan said players are focused so much on winning championships and they're not necessarily worried about the regular season load management is such a big issue players are sitting out but i think that something like this could i mean if, if the way we look at it right now the NBA is not headed in a great direction in terms of caring about anything other than championships, which you mentioned. But I think something like this could help bring something else into it and help change the culture such that 
it's not just about the championship, which is creating these problems in the first place. If you incentivize something else, maybe, I don't know what the individual rewards would be. That's something that the league needs to look at. But I think Adam Silver recognizes that right now where the league is headed in terms of entertainment, the ratings are down this year. He needs to, do, to implement something to spice it up. And you look at soccer, as you mentioned before, all the players love you know, just going out there and competing. There's international friendlies where Messi's playing. Imagine, imagine if the, there was a, a friendly between um, the Clippers and uh, Barcelona right now in basketball. There's no way Kawhi or Paul George are playing because they have so much to focus on for the season. But if you take away the focus from just winning championships... Maybe people respect LeBron more in the future. Maybe there's more of a, a chance to, for players to prove themselves in ways other than just winning a ring, which a lot of times is team-dependent, not necessarily individual-dependent. Yeah, that rule change is definitely interesting. But the one that I think is going to be the most impactful going forward is the one where they're talking about reseeding the teams going into the conference finals. Uh, so what that would look like is going into those conference finals, we'd have those four remaining teams, and we'd reseed them based on their win totals from the regular season. And so it would basically like you, instead of seeing just one team from each conference in the finals, you could see two teams from the same conference in the finals. So what do you boys think about that one? Madams, I know you're the uh, big numbers guy here. How would that have uh, played out with the standings at the uh, end of last season? Uh, well, you look at the, the conference finals last year, it was Bucks and Raptors in the East, and it was Warriors Rockets in the West. And at that point, the Bucks had the most wins out of those four teams. So they'd be playing as the team with the fourth most wins out of those teams, which was actually the, the Rockets. So it would have been Bucks versus Rockets in conference finals A, and then B would have been Raptors-Warriors, which we all know is, uh, actually the, the Raptors were second, Warriors were third, so Raptors would have had home over the Warriors, Bucks would have had home over the Rockets in each semifinal, and we all know the finals ended up being Warriors-Raptors, so at that point, they would have been matched up in the semis, and we don't know who would have actually ended up, you know, making it to the finals and possibly winning, and we know that the Bucks and the Rockets would have been in the finals, we would have seen Giannis or Harden against Kawhi or Steph. And it would have been pretty interesting to see. I think that um, I, I don't necessarily know if I like the rule because I look at the Bucks and the Raptors and they were the top two teams in the regular season last year in the whole league. But I don't think they were the top two best teams necessarily in the regular season. I think that the Rockets and the Warriors both had a tougher schedule in the regular season. Obviously the Raptors ended up beating the Warriors in the finals, so they were the best team injuries aside, but I think that when you look at it that way, the East was much less competitive, so you're kind of rewarding teams for being in that conference anyways, so I don't know if it necessarily helps the balance that they're trying to fix. What do you guys think about that? I I personally don't agree with this rule as well. A, I just think it would be really weird to see like the Clippers face the Lakers in the championship. I think it'd be awesome for the league and would definitely increase in ratings, but at the end of the day, I think the basketball purists wouldn't be happy with that one. And I also think it doesn't tackle the true issue that this rule is even trying to do is that, as Madam said, the East is still going to have the better regular season record. And that will favor them with this rule because they have literally half of their conference is pretty much tanking or trying to tank. Some teams can't even tank right. They're so bad. Like the East <laughs> sucks. And I think a reseed of 1 to 16 would be the only thing get rid of all conferences, have try to make the schedules as fair you can for each team. I know it's hard with location and everything, but I think if you reseed 1 to 16, you could have 10, 12 teams from one conference, and those would be your 16 best teams, and you wouldn't even have to reseed at the end of four. Uh, what do you think, BSC? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think this is sort of a cop-out to get into that, what it should eventually the league should look like. 
But I think this first step isn't necessarily a good one to take. I think it's something that they should do as a sweeping change because there's just so much difference between the two conferences right now. But I also feel like it's sort of an overreaction on the NBA's part because we're seeing the East be so weak over the past decade or so. But if we go back just 10 years, the East used to be in this position. The West used to be much easier relative to the East. So it feels like there is that balance of power and it does swing with player movement, which has become so common now. So I think it's something that the league, they might be overcompensating for that one a little bit. And I almost feel like, like you mentioned the basketball purists, I think it's something that it's going to taint some titles going forward because LeBron makes it to however many straight finals he does because he's in the weak East. And so if you think like after these rule changes, things would be so different. And it's almost like, what if they'd made those rule changes when LeBron was in the East? Would he have still been able to do that? I personally don't think so. I don't think he was good enough to be able to take a team like that through the Western Conference. So I think almost the league was waiting for LeBron to move to the West so that they could start proposing these rule changes because the league loves to see LeBron on top. I mean, that's just my thoughts. What do you think about that, Matt? Well, I mean, I know you're a big LeBron hater. And I'm not the biggest like LeBron supporter. I'm, a, I'm an MJ over LeBron kind of guy. But... I think that LeBron has had some really good teams, as have everybody that has won the the finals, you know? I think that LeBron's Cav teams with Kyrie and Kevin Love, even with Kevin Love hurt, Kyrie was so good that I think that team still makes the finals, even with yeah, Reese. Yeah, but not, not eight years in a row, though. Not, I mean, not eight no, years in a row, but yeah. I still think he makes it six or seven yeah. out of eight. You know, I, would I, say, I would say he probably makes it half the time if he had to bust through the West not exactly trying to shit-talk my boy LeBron here. We do have the same birthday, December 30th. It's actually coming up here soon in about a month. So Happy birthday. You guys really? better start saving up for these gifts. But, <laughs> um, Anyways, I do think this, uh, this rule would be uh, geared toward helping LeBron just for the fact that he now is in the West, which clearly has, what, three, four title contenders, and the East has... Yeah, they have a couple title contenders, but they're not as deep. They're not as loaded as a conference. In the past, it wasn't the same. So I do think this, I do think this rule is geared at LeBron. I think it's geared at having him a bigger chance to make the finals. Am I? Are we ever really going to figure that out? Probably not, though. I do think that I think you guys are undervaluing how how good LeBron's teams were. I think that his team on the Heat with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. I would put that right there with MJ's teams as the second best teams of all time behind the Warriors' recent run with Steph, Clay, Draymond, KD. I think that's the best team of all time, followed closely by LeBron's Heat teams and MJ's Bulls teams. MJ's Bulls teams at their best, obviously they three-peated twice. But as a, as a whole, you know, LeBron in Miami won half of his years there. He won the title and did a great job. I think that the, both those teams are unstoppable in a lot of ways. Neither had depth, but they both had the star power. Um, I think that... A lot of these years, LeBron comes in as the two seed into the playoffs with against the you know the Warriors are, are in the West. I think a lot of the same things happened. I think LeBron with the Cavs as the two seed in the sixteen team playoff with no conferences still makes the final. I don't think that he misses out necessarily because of the the total you know re rebrand of the conferences. I think that the Rockets do beat them a couple of years with some of the injuries. LeBron on his own, especially the series you know I, I can't remember exactly which year it was twenty sixteen I think twenty seventeen when he beat the the Celtics in the conference finals. I don't think that team beats the Rockets the same year that took the Warriors to seven, to seven games. Um, I think the Warriors and the Rockets have been the, clearly the two best teams in the past three years. Three, four years. Three, four Definitely. years. But I do think a lot of LeBron's teams, I still think he makes the finals at least six, seven times out of the eight that he did. I think he he's good enough where he would be able to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I just... 
I feel like because he was every regular season game as well. Like they're they're playing the majority against the weaker Eastern Conference too, so it allows him to rest up, get his body right going into the playoffs. Whereas those Western Conference teams are battling every single night in a really competitive conference, where it's not so easy just to make it to the top of the conference. Because LeBron didn't care if he was like the one seed; he just needed to be in the top. And so, if you're trying to be in that top four in the Western Conference, that's a grind night in, night out. And I don't think that's something LeBron had to face. And I just think that now that I think it's a little suspicious that they're trying to like actually bring about this rule change now that LeBron is in the tougher conference. That's it, all I'm trying to say. That's fair. I mean, there's always conspiracies going around. This could be one of them. I don't necessarily buy it, but I get the, I get why you guys do. All right. Well, I think that that about wraps it up for our rule changes. Um, we'll be right back in a few moments. Uh, we're gonna come in with a special guest, Colin. We're gonna get him on the phone now. We got Gunna Yak coming in with a Super Bowl prediction, and we will be back with you soon. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, guys. We are being joined now by caller Max Harrington. He is a longtime friend and associate of Justin Ball, a.k.a. J-Ball. And Max Harrington is actually also known as, quote-unquote, gonna yak. I, I don't know if he's yakking now or yaked recently or yaked a lot growing up, but clearly yak is on his mind. And um, he's going to be calling us today about a little Super Bowl prediction. So let's see what he has to say. What's up, Max? Yo, yo, yo. I hope everyone's ready for an extra special segment brought to you by me, Max Gunnyak Harrington. Today I'd like to talk about my Super Bowl hopes and predictions. I'd like to start off by talking about my hopes for the Super Bowl. Now, this is very unlikely to happen, but I would love to see the hometown Buffalo Bills go up against my own favorite boys, the Minnesota Vikings. I think this would be an obvious win with my boys, the Purple People Eaters, taking the W. I think the final score would end 24 to 13. Most likely this isn't going to happen, you know, due to both teams often failing when it comes down to it. But I would love to see it happen. Now for what I think is actually going to happen. I believe that the Ravens are going to face the Saints in this year's Super Bowl. I think that's just an easy pick. Lamar Jackson just shown he is just a phenomenal football player that can really just take on any defense in the NFL. And as for their defense, the Ravens' defense, that is. They've actually been playing exceptional. Getting wins over the Patriots and the 49ers were not easy, but they've proven that they can get the job done. And as for the Saints, I mean, how much more do I got to say? They have Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. And I know Alvin Kamara hasn't played up to his standards, but, I mean, if he just picks up the slack, it's, it's over. And their defense is insane. I mean, I know sometimes there's been games here and there, but... If you look at who they got, they can really lock down any offense in, in the NFL. I think this would be an insane game to watch. Entertaining and just overall great football. But I think it would really come down to the end with overtime, game-winning touchdown drive by Lamar Jackson. I think the final score would end 41-35. to 35. And I think that would just be an amazing game to watch. I mean, I, there's not really much more you can say about it. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Peace! Well, we appreciate that prediction, Max. I mean, a blind squirrel does find a nut every now and again, so we'll check back in a couple months to see how that prediction is. But we do really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to call into this podcast. And we will be right back in just a few moments. We're going to go around and talk our top 10. We got a couple honorable mentions. That's something you certainly don't want to miss. So we'll be right back in a couple seconds, guys. Welcome back, everybody, to the J Ball Madams Sports and Lifestyle Podcast. Today with special guest Brendan O'Connor, a.k.a. B.O.C., 
Uh, we are back with, um, we're going to start going over our top 10 lists of NBA players. Um, a brief note about that first, we're not including players who are injured or likely injured for the rest of the season. So no Steph Curry, no Kevin Durant, no Klay Thompson. We did not forget these guys. Most of us probably have them. Oh, we did not forget these. We didn't forget them. Most of them are probably in our top 10, but we did not include them in this list. You guys are forgetting these. For the purposes of the podcast. Um, and we're talking about for this year, so we're not talking about who we'd want to start a team with, because that would obviously be Giannis. We might have some controversy on that one. But are you sure about that? <laughs> Hey, let's go into it. Um, we'll start with some uh, honorable mentions, maybe. Anyone have anyone out just outside the top 10 that didn't quite make their list? What do you guys think? Yeah, so I'll start things off. I think two, two guys that caught my eye that weren't, weren't quite top 10 material were uh, Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. I just think the way the game is being played right now, both of them feel a little bit obsolete at the big position. They're definitely players you'd like to have on your team, but I don't know if there's someone I would say is a top 10 most dominant player or someone that I'm like predicting to have a really great season. Um, and then two other guys that I, I, I really wish I could have slipped into my list. Uh, one was Devin Booker. I just think that man's a walking bucket. He's just a straight-up scorer. He's so smooth. He's a killer. And so he's someone that I would definitely like to have on my team, and he's been putting up crazy numbers so far this year. And then the last person I would have liked to slip into my top 10, but we haven't seen him in an NBA game yet, is Zion Williamson. As I'm going through the list, I'm looking at my 9 and 10. I really saw a spot for him. I really did. Watching him play in preseason, the way he hustles, man, you don't see that type of motor from top players. Like, I know with LeBron, we see him just kind of stand there. He's a wash king. And so when you see Zion playing that hard, it, it's something that I think is going to prescribe to big-time success down the line. But, Justin, what did you have for your uh, – I'm just going to – one quick comment on yours. The only thing I, – I really liked Zion in addition to your list, but I think it might be a bugaboo with his work ethic. He does work so hard that he may just overwork himself mm-hmm. for how big his body is. He's just so big, so athletic, weighs so much, jumps so high, like – I have nothing against his game, personality, athleticism. I love everything all across the board with Zion, but I am slightly worried. He already had a little bit of injury problems. Mm-hmm. Does he go too hard? Does he need to lose a little bit of weight? I yeah. think those are questions that need to be answered. I guess we'll only see down the road. Yeah. But some players that just barely missed my list. I also had Embiid on my list. I also had Ben Simmons from the Philadelphia 76ers. You're a Sixers fan? I am a Sixers fan, <laughs> but they also... Missed my top 10 showing clearly no bias here, mm. but also had, um, I really could have put Embiid in my top 10. I could have, Madams. I could have made a case for Embiid in my top I want you to know that, but I didn't. I also had Bradley Beal on my honorable mention list, and I also had Paul George on my honorable mention list. I actually had Paul George seventh on my list, and then I realized I was literally tweaking out, and I don't even know what was going through my mind, like... Paul George is not the seventh best player in basketball. He's not healthy a lot. He literally had Russell Westbrook on his team, another player I'm not a big fan of, mm. and then somehow lost to Damian Lillard. But mad people got Paul George above Damian Lillard. I don't even know. Third in MVP voting. Yep, third in MVP voting, but Isaiah Thomas was once fourth in MVP voting, and now he, like, that was, what, three, four years ago, and yeah. man can't even get a starting spot on a roster now, so I guess that doesn't really mean that this much. But. Paul George, huh? well you can't say the same for paul george yet but i am saying that finishing top five in mvp has no correlation in my opinion but those are my uh honorable mentions there how about your list madams well actually you know i really like i'm always about getting as many people involved as possible so i got a bunch of guys i got honorable mentions for bradley beal having an insane year fourth in scoring this year um obviously he's on a not not a not a contending team so I'd like to see what he could do on a contending team, maybe get another teammate or trade to another team. 
See I really would like to see Beal trade. I think well. he's having. An, I think he's his numbers obviously would slightly drop a little bit, but he could be a force he, on a championship. He team. easily could. I think um, could easily be the second best player, or maybe even best player. I could see him being someone, someone's D Wade to their LeBron. I could see that, that would be Brad. That's exactly what I was thinking. He's a really, um, really strong player. He's only like twenty six too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's crazy. For People forgot about him. Honestly, he's a playmaker too. He's averaging like six, seven assists this year. Which yeah, is, seven point one. Seven point one. Crazy. So he's he's having a great. Great season all around. Obviously not on a great team. Uh, Jimmy Butler, just outside the top 10, he, he's a winner. Um, you look at what he did on the Timberwolves. He, you talk about how he's you know, toxic in the locker room, but he's not. He's actually one of the best leaders in the NBA consistently. Uh, every team he's been on, his teammates, um, not all of them, but they, they, they have great things to say I, about how he pushes them to be hard. I see what you're saying, players. though. His teammates may not may not find him the most enjoyable person to play yeah, with, but they do realize that he is a winner and all he cares about is winning, and there are not enough players like that in the yeah, league, I and mean, that is why I agree with you. As team. much as the Timberwolves may have hated them, they probably miss them mm-hmm. once they miss the playoffs the year after Clearly. the three seed. Look at them now. I don't know. They got Cat and Wiggins. And also, also leading the league in steals per game with 2.6, and he's you know he just didn't have the raw points you know, for me to, to put him out there. Also one of only two players in the NBA that's active that has more steals than turnovers. We should have just put him in the top ten. He's a really good player. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, might as well put him top ten. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, another player, so. Pascal Siakam, took a huge step. Could win most improved two years in a row. I anticipate Luka to win that, but mm. Siakam having a great year. I made a prediction last year that he would actually be a point guard by his... Uh, Siakam? Yeah, I think he's gonna be. He's he's averaging close to four assists a game. I think. I just and think he's too much of a bucket. He has the for ball a lot. Now, yeah. He runs a lot. He's just I too much of a bucket. He for does. Their team. There's. Think about it. What can he not do? There's nothing I can think of. He's a complete player, and he's only getting better. He's only been playing basketball for like ten years, so he's getting better every year, every day. Next, uh, CJ McCollum. He's nowhere close to top ten as a player, but he runs a lot. He's <laughs> he leads the league in distance ran per game according to tracking data. Two point eight five miles per game. I just respect that as a runner. Brennan and I just ran a 5K in about 14.32. And he's slow. Doing, <coughs> sorry. I said slow. He's doing that every game. So I really like what CJ McCollum is doing in terms of running. He's a terrible basketball player, though. Um, <laughs> and finally, I have uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Whoa, I think he's whoa, 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 whoa. KCP. Is that, is that KCP? KCP. You want to hear why? Is that the KCP? Are there <laughs> two like KCP? Are there a KCP that I'm getting confused with another KCP? I'm talking about the ankle monitor that people are that, saying yep, run yep, out there yep. for no reason. He is the- wait, wait. I want to say something for the people who don't know. This man was playing a professional sport with an ankle monitor. That's the reason why I have him just... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, he is the closer on the Lakers. The Lakers are the best team in the league, and he is the best player in clutch time. Clutch is defined as the final five minutes of a game where what, the what? points oh. are within five. And at this point, he's played six games. Lakers are 6-0. and oh. LeBron has played nine games in clutch time, eight and one. That's not the same record. That's not the same. LeBron mm-hmm. is shooting thirty-one percent in clutch time. KCP like... is shooting sixty-seven percent. I thought you were the LeBron fan here. I am a LeBron <laughs> fan, but I am looking at Contavious Caldwell Pope <laughs> in the last five minutes and saying he is the best player in the Lakers. He is averaging the same amount of points as LeBron in clutch time with half as many shots. He's made fifty percent of his threes. LeBron has made eighteen point two percent. So what I'm saying is, you look at Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis leads the team in scoring, but he's shooting 42% in clutch time. Contavious Caldwell-Pope shooting 67%. Give this man the ball with five minutes to go. Lakers, you're going all the way if you do that. That's all I got to say. But if you give it to him, 
for the first 43 minutes. Don't give it to him for the first 40. <laughs> he might lose. Don't give it to him for the first 40. He might go back to jail because he's going to be so bad. As he's just out there running for the first 40. KCP, if you're he listening to this, I am sorry. You can be a guest whenever you want. Hopefully the ankle <laughs> monitor thing worked out. That's not something we really have. Yeah, we'll bring him in for the last five minutes of the podcast. He probably tries the first 43. All right. Uh, top 10 list. Who you guys got at number 10? We'll start with Brennan. Uh, so my tenth, we, we we just mentioned him, but I had Bradley Beal. Uh, he, we've talked about he's a tremendous scorer and he's much improved as a playmaker. Like we said, seven point one assists per game, and I think he definitely could be a great a Robin to a Batman. Uh, but really, the only reason he's making this list is because of the injuries we mentioned earlier: Clay, KD, uh, Steph. Those are all guys I would have flirting with my top ten list. So, in a in a regular season where those guys are in, he definitely wouldn't be on mine. So, uh, Justin, who who fills out your time? I like spot? that Beal pick, but my pick, I'm going to go Pascal Siakam on Madam's honorable mention list. Like uh, the start of the year, I pre- predicted two players, the best chances for most improved player. I know Siakam won it last year. The two players I picked were Brandon Ingram on the uh, New Orleans Pelicans and actually Siakam to win it at back-to-back time. You might have referenced that already in the podcast earlier today, but I do think Siakam is one of the best players now. In the league, literally his stats went like seven points better last year. Now they're 10 points per game more this year. Like that is unprecedented in terms of league history to have that kind of growth. Yes, he's the kind of kid like Embiid discovered in Africa, has not played basketball for as long as all the other people in this league. And he is only going to get better. You saw how fast Embiid grew. Yes, he's kind of plateauing out now and Siakam will plateau, but he's still on his way up and there is a lot more to go. I... Nothing, nothing bad to say about that. I love Siakam. I don't even, I don't even know if he will plateau. I think he could keep going up. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what he can do. At number ten for me, uh, I had Carl Anthony Towns. Right. Uh, quick disclaimer: I do not like centers. Uh, the best centers in the finals since Dwight Howard or Tristan Thompson and Marcus Saul. Neither were all stars. All star centers don't make the finals. That's just how it is. If you want to win, you don't build your team around a center. But if you do want to build your your team around a center, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns is your guy. He is putting up the stats of a top three player in the league right now. He's just, you know, his position. He's a center. He's not going to impact the game the same way as a wing or a guard can do. He is, as a center, uh, the best defensive um, player at the rim this year. Uh, Opponents are shooting 46.7% at the rim against him compared to some other players known as, you know, great defensive presences at the rim. Miles Turner, 55%. Clint Capella, 57%. Rudy Gobert, 52%. So he's, you know... Almost six percentage points higher than, uh, better than Gobert at the rim. Embiid, 57.9. He's known as a great defensive player. And a guy we all know sucks at defense, but the stats show it. Nikola Jokic has given up 71.4% field goal percentage at the rim. And to add on to that, not even as a defensive player, we all know he, he's a great offensive player. He is, in, at this point, he's an elite three-point shooter, which we don't even associate with him that much. He is fourth in the NBA in three-pointers made. He's shooting 44%. That is... That is unprecedented. Pretty crazy for a center. That's not something mm-hmm. you see very often. If he was five inches shorter, I'm <laughs> sure he'd be a lot more athletic. He'd be a wing player. Might be the best player in the league. All right, Madams. I actually had Cat number nine on my list for a lot of the reasons you said. And also, I have noticed a different Cat this year. In previous years, I kind of thought he was a baby. I kind of thought he was a pushover. I kind of thought he was taking everyone's shit, including clearly players like Jimmy Butler bossing him around. I know Cat is now... On a mission to the league to let everyone know he's not taking anything. He's getting into fights. He's backing himself up. He's playing with emotion. (laughs) Something you haven't seen from him ever. He's caring about basketball. 
something people have been on cat about is that he doesn't he's not in it he's got all this talent but he doesn't want it and he is now showing to everyone else yes it should come from within but he's now showing to everyone else there is no way that you can't say that cat wants it and that is why he's number nine on my list he was honorable mention how about you, Brandon? Yeah, I think you guys made great points about Cat. I honestly, something I've been looking for him to do is make that jump on the defensive end because I think that's something you need to do to establish yourself as a top 10 player, and he's definitely made those jumps this season, as you pointed out. Uh, but at my ninth slot, I had a similar revelation to you, Justin. I have Paul George. So I had him at my seventh spot earlier, and it just wasn't really sitting right with me. All along with this guy, I just I haven't felt right about him. He was a legitimate MVP candidate last year. Um, but I've just never liked him as much as I think I should. Like he's a solid defender. He plays both ends. He plays hard, but I just don't like him. There's some off about him. I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, and so there's tons of reasons you could make the argument to put him up higher, but I just really, I don't vibe with Paul George, but I, I respect him enough to put him on, on my ninth spot. I will say something I agree with there is when he came up on the Pacers, I found him to be a much more likable player mm-hmm. than when he was going after LeBron and yeah. kind of holding his own as a 22, 23-year-old kid with no expectations for him. And now that I feel, is he really trusted? He can't be your guy. Yeah, He can't be your guy. He had Westbrook and he couldn't be the guy. That's why he has yeah. Kawhi now. Clearly Kawhi can be the guy, so we'll see how that works. I don't think even if the Clippers win the championship, that proves much about Paul George. I really don't. I think that's fair. I think that when he was on the when he was on the Pacers, he was the guy, as you're saying. And at that point, he was doing everything. At this point, he's he's not necessarily been he hasn't been enabled to be the guy since then. He's been playing with superstars, Russell Westbrook coming off, mm-hmm. you know, triple double season, and Kawhi coming off a championship. So he's kind of been the second guy, even though he's been the level of a first guy. So it'll be interesting to see if the Clippers make it far in the playoffs, how he's going to do. I have him higher on my list, so we'll get to that soon. And number nine for me, um, I have a guy that I never liked at all, but he's kind of he's turned the corner around me, uh, on me, um, Kyrie Irving. Uh, we've all seen what he can do as a, in the playoffs. He is probably, his finals run with LeBron in, I, I always forget the years, I'm not good with the years, but his finals, we all know which one we're talking about. The finals run with LeBron 2016 in Cleveland. Is one of the best finals performances ever. He just happened to be playing with a guy who was slightly better. And he obviously made the shot over Curry at the end. We all know what he can do in the playoffs. He has a way of taking over a game that just about very few people can do. Um, obviously, best ball handler in the world. Him and Curry up there, one and two. Um, and he is, in clutch time, he's a guy you want with the ball in his hands. That's why I'm so excited to see him and KD play together next year. I think that those two guys are both could be top ten players again maybe make it all the way. Um, this year, he's second in clutch points per game with 5.7. Um, so I think he's a really good player. Uh, he's, been, he's he's taken a huge step as a playmaker. That's the one big thing I like about him. I never thought he was good at doing that in Cleveland. Could have been because LeBron is so good at that. But I, I think he's made a big jump. He's also an average defender now. He was always a terrible defender in Cleveland. He's turned the corner on that. So I think he's a great, complete player. Some of the off off-court stuff is a little distracting, but... He just wrote a whole Star Wars intro script on his story. I didn't. I don't even. I haven't even read it yet. I don't know if you guys read that, but uh, he is. You know, he's interesting. I. I really think he's a top ten player. All right. Um. This eighth on my list, I have Damian Dame Dalla Lillard. Um. Out in Portland. Um. This man's a hooper. It's the highest ranked point guard on my list, I believe. Unless you call Luca a point guard. I mean, you could. Luca's a point guard. Yeah. Uh, all right, so he's the second highest point guard on my list. Give a little spoiler, but Dame Dalla, you know, he's been overlooked his whole career. He's finally starting to get some respect. 
I hate to say this, he might be starting to get a little too much respect for what mm-hmm. he's done in the league throughout his career. What has he done that you can really remember besides that one shot? He's had two game winners in postseason series, and that's pretty much all he can really hang his resume on. I know he's eighth on my list, but if he doesn't hit that shot against the Rockets, and he doesn't hit that shot against the Thunder, Dame Dalla is not the same player we think of right now. And clearly, he's averaging 27.3 a game, but he's got to be that guy for Portland. And Portland's having a horrible season. Dame would honestly be higher on my list if I didn't just say all those things. I don't know if he can't be the guy on a championship team. That's why he's eighth on my list as opposed to... I think Dame, if has the right around him, can be five, top five, top four player. Mm -hmm. But right now, based on the Portland Trailblazers, especially with McCollum as their second best player, I really don't like Dame. I actually actually also had Damian Lillard at number eight on my list. Um, A lot of the same reasons Justin mentioned. He's been an elite offensive producer every single year. He's been in the league. Um, I remember watching the All-Star break where he had he was in all five competitions. So he's a well-rounded player. He does everything well. The one thing I'm concerned about right now that doesn't put him higher is that his team is 8-12, and 12, and their recent three-game win streak is obviously due to Carmelo. Stay mellow, um, baby. Stay mellow. Double zero. Threes to the dome. Q's <laughs> champ. Um, but, you know, Damian Lillard, he's, I think he's right now the you know, like the best under six five point guard in the league. Yeah, I can see that. And and you guys both just had point guards at your eighth slot. And I'm also gonna have a point guard at my eighth slot, but the guy that I chose might be a little shocking to you. I have Lonzo Ball as the eighth best player Ooh, in the league. Lonzo? Wait, yes. is that my stepbrother you're talking about? Yes, yes, sir. Lonzo Ball, the you one sure, and only. You sure you don't mean Lamelo? Triple B. No, no, no. Lamelo's gonna be good. He'll probably be top ten within mm-hmm. three years. Oh but. yeah, Lamelo. Yeah, no, he, that kid's legit. But uh, Lonzo, yeah, Lonzo's my dog. He's my favorite player in the league. And I'm not just doing this because I'm biased. I legitimately believe he's the eighth best player in the league. Uh, I mean, he can do it all. Can you can... look me in the eyes and say that right now? I'm looking you in the eye. For everyone that's listening, I'm looking Justin Ball in the Brandon eye. Brandon O'Connor is looking Justin Ball in the eyes. I am can confirm just, Brandon is looking Justin in the eyes. I can't believe he's doing it, but he's doing it. And Lonzo Ball is the eighth best player in the he NBA really right just said now. It. He really just it said it. It helps that there's some injuries, but Lonzo Ball is the eighth best player in the league right now. Is he starting for his team? He's not, but that's that's a little bit. He's recovering so he's not from top injury. five on his team, <laughs> yes. but he's top eight in the league. Yes. I'm just trying to get a couple of No, no, no. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, no, it's a very good team. It's a team that I thought could have done some damage if they had my honorable mention zion williamson Six and 13 yeah no but they're legit they compete they play hard and i think a big reason they do that is because alonzo i mean he's a tremendous leader he does it all on the floor he does it well he's uh he's improving his jump shot we've seen that over the mm-hmm. summer he's a tremendous passer i would argue he's the best passer in the league right now he's a great lockdown defender we've all seen the clips of him like defending every position on the floor he's a great hustle guy and just from what i've like heard from quotes from like his lakers teammates and his pelicans teammates they all just say they love him as a guy like he gets overshadowed a little bit by the uh, LeVar shadow, but he really is a great guy, and he's super great for the locker room. Outstanding facilitator. He's a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate going forward, I would say. And he's definitely coming into his own as a scorer, so I can't think of another player better than him. You know, BOC, I really agree with a lot of what you have to say, but I'm definitely not ready to put him, you know, even near my top ten. There is no bigger fan than Lonzo than me. I, I mean, maybe you, I guess, yeah. now. But like, <laughs> yeah, we just I, I, want, I, I see in Lonzo, I agree with a lot of your main points. Great defender, great passer, getting better as a jump shooter, great person, great teammate. Those are all things that you don't talk about his stats. Mm-hmm. He's, as soon as he can put all these great, he has all the talent necessary. Mm-hmm. As soon as he can put that into even good, above average, great stats, 
Lonzo top five player in the league. I do, I do think there's a lot of good things about Lonzo. He probably would make my honorable mentions list if I had a top seventy five player. <laughs> oh, god damn! <laughs> I think, I think he has a lot of potential. I like him a lot. Markel Fultz is still better though. <laughs> that is false. Markel Fultz is broken. Dude, you're you blaming, gotta take it back to the store. It on some, you're, you're take it back to the store. Did you see what he went through? He had a nerve injury. You okay. can't you can't predict that. Yes, you can. He's gonna get back to that. You, you guys all love Derrick Rose for getting hurt. You guys don't love Markel Fultz. Dude, Markel Fultz never won an MVP before he, <laughs> he was, he got, he he got was, hurt. Before he got hurt. He got hurt before he got hurt. All I'm saying is the reason he went number one. You just he, compared Markel Fultz to Derrick Rose because they both got hurt. I'm saying there's difference in how people react to their injuries. True, 100%. Especially when Marco Fultz had nothing he can control and hasn't had any I will say that if you are a star, people will care about you. And then if you get hurt and you're not a good player and you haven't proven anything, you're definitely looked upon as... You get thrown in the trash. You're looked upon as invaluable. I it's will say that. I agree with you. I think he's going to show some great improvement and be really good. I have him on my fantasy team. I think he'll be good. But this but. isn't about Marco Fultz. I didn't mean to throw that in there and kind of cause an argument. Um, do we get through everyone's... Top eight. Yeah, we're on seven so now. We're on seven. Who wants to go first for that? Oh, I can take that. Um, so my seventh guy, he's he's my highest center up on the list. It's uh, Nikola Jokic. He's an incredible facilitator. Tremendous feel for the game. Uh, he started the season a bit slow, but he's he started to warm up a little bit. He's one of those guys that you know we Matt has talked about. Centers aren't going to necessarily win you a game, but I think if you're going to have a center be your best player, he's the one you want because it's not going to be him as. The offensive focal point in the way we're seeing Cat and Embiid, he's someone that's going to get everybody involved, and I think he's a great fit for their team and the pieces they have around him. So I think he's definitely a good a good slot there at seven. Yeah, I did see that the Jokic, uh, besides his terrible rim protection, he is making the most passes in the NBA this year. So wow. he and on a team that's doing really well. So he's touching the ball a lot. Obviously, you need that. And thirteen and three, it's hard to argue with that as you know your best player. But uh, seventh on my list. I actually got Trey, Ice Trey to gang, Young. Um, he's out in Atlanta. I think Trey Young is a hooper. 27.9 points a game, second year in the league, period. That's all that needs to be said. That's not even talking about his passing. He is one of the best passers in the league, and he just entered. How is this man not in your top 10? For me, the reason he's not in the top 10 is just his, his defense. He's yeah. not a plus defender yet. Once he is, I think he's easily in the top 10 because he's going to be a great player for a really long time. He is the range of Steph, Damian Lillard, and that's it. Those three guys. Yeah. So I, I will say for a long time. I will say that Trey Young's defense has been suspect, but <laughs> it has been. It has been suspect for his whole career, but Steph Curry is now just becoming an average defender in his own right. And he had back-to-back MVP, MVPs and was the best player on a 73-win team. At the end of the day, if you can get some other defenders around him that aren't as focused on scoring, they will be a team. I will say that if a lot Especially of the, if, you can comp- if you can compare him to Curry like you do in other ways, he doesn't have to be that I lock on he, defense. You know is, what I'm trying to say? He is very similar to Curry in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I think, that if Curry, I think that's an easy comparison Steph, too. But, I'll just say, if yeah. Steph Curry did not exist, people might be yelling Trey when they shoot mm-hmm. paper balls in the trash can right now. And mm-hmm. It would be Kobe, and that would be Trey. You know? He's he's a phenomenal scorer. I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do. I think the Hawks... That, that draft class at the top is stacked with, with Luka and Trey. I, I'm sure we'll all get to Luka soon, but... I also do want to say that I, I kind of want to stop, even though I just said a little bit ago, I want to stop with these Trey to Steph comparisons. I think it's a little bit like the Lamar Jackson to Mike Vick. They're, they're good, but at different things. Like Trey's a very good scorer, but he's also an elite passer from the moment he entered the league. Steph started as a two. We forget that. 
He moved to the one. He became a passer. He became a well-rounded player. Trey is a player now who is all well-rounded just besides defense. I, you know, I agree that there are their own players, but I personally don't have a problem with comparing two guys that are good at the same things in a lot of ways. They're both could be the two best three-point shooters in the league next year. Lamar and Mike Vick, two fastest quarterbacks of all time. There's a lot of comparisons. It's, it's unfair to, to give a player expectations, so I agree with that. But the comparisons are, are completely valid. There, there's a lot of ways that looking at two players and how they, how they play in similar ways can impact their career. But you're right. The expectations, it's not fair to put that on a player because Trey Young is his own play. Trey Young is Trey Young. He's not, he's not Steph Curry 2.0. He is Trey Young. I also Trae wouldn't Young say it's the expectations. I, just, I think it's easy as a fan to kind of try to find a player to compare. That's just something we oh, yeah. do as a society. Like, is it draft? We do it. <laughs> is it draft? We try to find someone they compare to. So I'm, I'm being weird now criticizing comparing players to other players when that is a big mock draft thing is, who is this player? I remember they'd be like, who is Cam Reddish? They'd be like, oh, well, he looks like KD. Maybe he'll turn into KD. <laughs> that kind of stuff. That is, You need that for the league to help kind of give context to some not well-informed fans, yeah. but... The know, player comparisons are always hilarious. They just pick a guy that looks like him. <laughs> you look up, like, who guys were compared to out of their draft, it's literally just a guy that looks like him. I don't know. It's just... It's always like that. European guys, European guys, you know, <laughs> all the same thing. All right. Um, am I the only one left for seven? Yeah. Or you need to do seven? No, I've done my seventh. I all right. For, number seven, a guy that the other two seem to have a bad feeling in their stomach about. I'm not sure exactly why. Uh, Paul George. I think that he's one of... He's one of those guys. He is... People talk about two-way players, and I don't really like the whole two-way player thing because I feel like people say, you know, the best two-way player in the league is Kawhi. But, like, how good you are as a player is determined by how good you are on offense plus how good you are on defense. So I'm not a big, you know, comparing. Like, if a guy's twice as good as you on offense to half as good on defense, it doesn't matter who's a better two-way player. They're the same player. But I'm looking at Paul George, and I feel like his two-way ability – not necessarily just evaluating him as a player, but the fact that he could... I, I heard this... I read this in an article. Um, he... And I, I agree with it. He can play on any team, be inserted right now, and be the best player or second best player and help that team win a championship, no matter where he's plugged in. Because he's so great on the offensive end, with the ball, without the ball, on defense, you know, at the rim, on the perimeter. He can do anything. So he's such a versatile player where I feel like he could really play anywhere. Top three in MVP voting last year speaks for itself. I think that the Clippers are in a great spot to maybe win a championship this year with Paul George as their co-star. All right, uh, BOC, who you got number six on your list? Yeah, this is somebody you guys just talked about, but I had Damian Lillard. I mean, we all know what he can do on the court. You guys touched on it already. Um, The one thing that I want to extend upon a little bit is I have him a little bit higher because I think he really is like the definition of a a franchise player. He gives back to his community. He, He sets an example for all his teammates, and so it's something that you definitely want on your team and someone that I would be really comfortable putting in as my sixth slot. You know, I hate to interrupt you right now. BOC, but I got to do a disclaimer to the camera. That is my dog, Bando. He's Bando. a breed show. We don't, we don't know how old he is. They say he's three. <laughs> like, we know he's a puppy. They say he's three. There is no shot that that dog is three, considering he runs around the house like 24-7 and bites me mad times. Like, still my dog. But all like, drip team, right? He's on all drip team, but like... McGlow is allegedly on all drip team as well. So that's all I'm saying is people think they're on all drip team who are not on all drip team. Well, I thought Team J Ball was the drip team. I don't know. <laughs> is that according to Seems uh, like people didn't really Mike Boomtown Brown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a different story. Love Bando. Shout out to Bando. 
Shout out to J-Ball in general for having us over to his house yeah. to record this podcast. Middle of the woods. Middle of the woods. We don't know how we got there. Surprised they got Wi-Fi here. But um, Brennan, I, I do agree with you. Damian Lillard has a lot of great traits for what makes him you know, a top six player in the league. And for me, another player that is like that is Anthony Davis. I have him at number six on my list, which is kind of surprising. Going into the year, I had him as high as you know three or four. I thought he was a really good player that can do just about everything. And he still does that. It's just other guys have jumped ahead. Um, he is he has the second best opponent field goal percentage at the rim among any player and leads the NBA in blocks. And he's second in, in opposing field goal percentage at the rim to Ryan Archie Diacono, who is, <laughs> as we all know, an elite rim protector. So, yeah, so like, Anthony Davis, I'm sure, will get to his level someday, but for now he will settle as the second best. I was and trying that's really good. I, I was about to make a joke and act like I don't know who Archie Diacono was, but that would make me look stupid i want everyone here to know i am the smartest person in this room right now <laughs> so i held back from the joke i held back from the joke and i know that's something i don't normally do so if we held a vote on who's the smartest person in the room among the three right. j ball would have three there votes. there is a potential there is a potential valedictorian of fairport high school in here it's and it's not the one talking right now but so let's just it's a conversation for a different day anyways <laughs> Number six on J-Ball's list, a.k.a. me, is Anthony the Machine Davis. That's a nickname I just created on the spot. He's averaging 26.1 points per game. That is the highest for a LeBron teammate in his career. Bet you guys didn't know that. And I just made that fact right now. I don't even know if that's true. Look it up. I don't know. That might be true. It might not be true. Like, it sounds true when I said it, but... What was the stat again? Anthony Davis is averaging right now more points than any other player on LeBron's team ever. That's my... We will will look at that. You know what? If that's true, I'm smart as a bee. If it's not... (laughs) It's still a pretty good take because it sounds mad yeah, smart. That's so I like that. Anyways, Anthony Davis, lock on offense, lock on defense. Can be your number one on this team. I have LeBron ranked higher on this list. I don't know who is going to be the closer on this team. Contavious Caldwell Pope. But I love Anthony Davis still. Yeah, I, I had Anthony Davis coming in at five for me. Um, he's an absolute freak of nature. And one of the things that I respect the most about him is uh, he used to play point guard. Remember when he was recruited by Cleveland State back in the day? He used to be about like 6'1", 6'2". Yeah, two. That. He had that huge growth Yeah, spurt. massive growth spurt. And so one of the things that I like, I love hearing stories like that because I always dreamed it would happen to me. I was a little undersized when I got to the varsity level and I was hoping just one day I might grow up seven inches taller. You had all those passing badges. I, ever, I always watch those games. I never saw you look at whoever you were passing, so that was impressive. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I never look at the intended target. You know, a little bit of mind games with them right there. Eyes in the back of your head. You're great passing. I appreciate that. Um, but I, I feel like if I'd, if I'd gotten that extra foot, maybe... I could have played college ball. I would have stayed all four years. Um, could have been draft number one. Yeah, but I, I would have stayed every year. I would have given back to my school, given back to the fans. Of and uh, so, yeah, that's just something that I really respect. And it's, it's pr- pretty obvious to see Anthony Davis has those guard skills when it comes to his shot-creating ability. He's good off the dribble. He can shoot from deep. So he still carries that with him. I think it's part of the reason why he's so good. We will ask Justin on his opinion on that once he gets back. We don't know where he went. He just left the room. Oh, he's back. Justin, <laughs> what's up? What are your thoughts on uh Sorry, Brian? boys. Had to take my dog and lock him in my room because I'm mad. Um, what's up? Uh, we were wondering what your thoughts on uh, Brennan, possibly if he was a foot taller, going to the league, number one, maybe being on the Lakers as a second option, winning a championship with LeBron. So you said Brennan. That is a weird way to pronounce J-Ball. <laughs> He's laughing. Fair enough. Fair enough. You did say that you were going to be on that team with all Rochester. If, if, if Isaiah Stewart, Quentin Rose, Anthony Lamb, Isaiah Carter, Thomas Bryant, Jalen Pickett, Pickett, Justin Pickett, Ball, 
Justin Ball were all on a team with, with maybe Name Scott, synonymous Scotty with each Fish other. as the coach. That team is winning a chip with J Ball as the point guard. The backup a, point a guard. College national championship, to be clear. Or NBA finals, perhaps. To be so, real. If you add Brandon instead of J Ball, they might win the finals. Yeah. If you add me, we won't even start talking about the potential. But you know, I I'm not not gonna consider myself. I have never played a single competitive basketball. basketball game in my life that has been coached by anybody. <laughs> You're getting pretty competitive at the uh, at the well, I'm Tuesday. saying like an official I saw you hit the river a couple times. Dude, my basketball game is whew, used to be in I used to rain threes. I got a shirt. It says rain. Yeah, threes. I remember that shirt. Weatherman, I, I love weather that shirt. Sophomore year, I love that shirt. The J-ball threes are non-existent. Shout out to the Anderson basketball camp. J Ball and I. Oh my god, that's actually with Parker. Shout out, what's his name? John Anderson, Anderson, Anderson. I don't know this guy's name. <laughs> like, it's not Anderson, Anderson. But he's one of my favorite coaches. I love him. So shout out if you if you ever listen to this. All right, uh, we're on number five. Number right? five on J Ball's list is James Harden, averaging thirty seven point seven points a game. That would be the highest in what history? Maybe right now. Like we'll get to that. He's that's a, crazy. Also, Harden. The one thing that why I have him on five, which is pretty low on my list, is just because he's shooting in lower forties percent. Even Trey Young, a second year player who shoots mad times, is shooting higher than James Harden, but. The one thing, the field goal percentage is a little misleading just because he gets to the line so much and shoots a great percentage from there. But, you know, Harden, you're going to have a low percentage because he does dope-ass step-backs, and, like, that just comes with the thing. Like, if you're going to do those lit-ass step-backs, you're going to miss a lot. But when you make them, you will be Twitter famous. And, like, that's honestly, like, a pretty thing. That's a pretty good way to live, you know what I mean? Like, you do something dope, you're Twitter famous, you mess up, no one gives, you know? I mean, like, you wouldn't even care. It's a nice life for Harden right there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love Harden. I'll get to him on my list in a little bit. Um, at number five, I had Luka Doncic. Mm. Um, he's legit been a top four NBA player this year, and he's not two. Um, <laughs> he is, you know, he's, he's having an insane year. Uh, he's third in points, second in assists, first in player efficiency rating, first in offensive win shares, first in total win shares, First in win shares per 48 minutes, first in offensive box plus minus, first in total box plus minus, first in value over replacement player, which is the NBA's stat for war, wins above replacement. The only reason I have him at number five is because he's been doing it for a month and a half, maybe. I could easily see if he keeps this up being a top two, maybe even the best player in the league. Um, the one thing with him is his defense, which isn't even that bad. He's been a positive defender this year. Um, you know, his his win shares have been around... His defensive points saved is around 23, which is well above average this year. And honestly, he does just about everything. He's a playmaker. He's a scorer. If he improves that defense, gets a little more athletic, I could see him being the best player. I don't want to say it, but one of the best players of all time. Wow. I, I mean, I, I agree with you on that one. I have him coming in at fourth on my list. And uh, anyone who knows knows me knows I love Luka Duka. He's my boy. He's my second favorite player in the league right now. And honestly, I'm kind of upset with how well he's playing this year because I liked him, you know, I wasn't like the earliest on the train by any means, but I liked him pretty early on. And I like having players that, you know, are struggling to get a starting spot or just started to start. And now he's cemented himself. You'd like to be the first one. On yeah, the like I like Lekin Lonzo because he's not, he's not like a mainstream player per se. Um, like he's not a star in the league uh, through and through. But then Luca, kind of like picking an up-and-coming rapper, and then they blow up, and everyone's like, oh, I like this guy now, but I liked him before. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm going for. But then this year, he's like cemented himself as, I don't think, inarguably a, a top-ten player in this league. I mean, all of us have him on our top ten. 
And so he's, he's exploded, and, and there's tons of reason for it. I mean, he's, he's tremendous offensively, and it's something that he's going to be able to do for a long time. Like, we're seeing longevity with Vince Carter and LeBron, but he's one of those guys that can have an insanely long career because he doesn't do it with athleticism. He is by no means an athlete. He is just a tremendous basketball mind and basketball player. He changes speed so well. He has tremendous command of that offense. And, like, he's just a player that I only have him at four right now because, I it, like Madam said, it hasn't been sustained but going forward, it's scary to think about what this kid can do. Larry Bird. Like. I will say that in in ten years, Dirk will be the third best European player of all time. Right now, he's number one. He will be third behind Luca and Giannis. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are incredible. They're going to be doing it for a long time. That's how good they are. Something we haven't seen before. He's twenty years old. He's averaging more in every every category except steals and blocks than Michael Jordan did when he was twenty one. And he's he he even had. You know, he had an extra year, and Luka has a better defensive rating, too. Than I'm going to take it one step further. We're not going to compare him to Jordan. I'm going to take it one step further right here, Madden. How long did you say for Dirk to be out of the top whatever? Ten years. I guarantee in ten years, we don't look at Dirk like he's this one unique foreign basketball player that is dominating. Like, there are so many are, good foreigners in the league, and they're taking over. 30% of this league now is foreigners. That's good. That's crazy. It's a good it's, start. That's where the NBA For a league like NBA... It's usually just pretty much dominated relatively by the Americans, maybe Spaniards. Argentina obviously beat us gold medal a while ago, but I think players like Embiid, Siakam, Jokic, Gobert, like these are great players. I'm not saying these will overtake Dirk, but they'll take a little bit of the emphasis that Dirk is this unicorn from Europe. Oh yeah, I mean, he not not to discredit Dirk. Love you, Dirk. If you're listening, love you. But (laughs) he was huge for you know paving the way for these guys to to get into basketball in general. Stars like that in the past, and that's why stars now are so important from from other countries. Guys like you don't even think about some guy. Guys like Rui Hachimura. Mm. He is from. He's Japanese heritage. He's those. He is enabling that country to to watch these games and have someone to root for and really kind of like bring the entire country together. What Yao Ming did for China, he arguably changed the game of basketball. I don't know what's going on with China now and their fandom in the NBA, but he arguably brought in more fans to the NBA than any other player has. Yeah. And he was, you know, he what he did and what other guys like Dirk have done and other guys, you know, even guys like Hakeem Olajuwon who are, are, are uh, you know, become great players, not... American as their first heritage, they 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 come in and they really open up the world to watching the NBA and watching what all these players can do, and it helps grow the sport. Yeah, I think it's something that now we're starting to see with every scouting report from every new coming draft class. It feels like almost two of the top five every single year has been an overseas player, and it's definitely it's a new trend. We're so used to just seeing players from the one and dones from college, but now we're really looking at players playing overseas, and those leagues are legit, and it's it's definitely great for the game of basketball. We're getting to see the top talent, and it's not just from one country. It's from the entire world. Shout out to Denny. Denny, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Denny, A-V-D-I-G-A, Adija, maybe. I don't know. He's from Israel, projected to be a top 10 pick next year. He's, you know, I'm, I'm jumping on him early because I don't want anyone else to do it. I think he's going to be really good. So how I'm recently excited. did you just Google foreign prospects coming to the league next year? I mean, that's the one guy I've been talking about him since last year, so yeah. I like him. Not a lot. You can ask Brad. Not a lot. Not a lot because old Jay Ball over here. Oh, Jay Ball. Dumbo old Yeller Jay Ball. <laughs> that's a you dog know, Did reference. you know who Sekou Dumboya was before the draft? Don't, e- don't even know who he is now. There you go. Because right. he sucks. <laughs> he, he has been really bad this year. I'll give you that. I did not know who he was before the draft. I barely knew who he was during the draft. If he's, he's a rookie good, on the Pistons. Exactly. From France. 
dude, the thing is, the Pistons, let me know, besides Kennard, when they have done something that this, like, drat, like, a move that, like, does anything that what works What did Kennard like, do that makes you think that? Just, I love Kennard. He's a respectable player. <laughs> Where was he? Where, so he is For where like, he was taken, he hasn't had a great career, but he's respectable, and I'll give the Pistons credit, because honestly... They miss everyone every. So pick where would you put like name the last draft pick the Pistons made you can even remember? Sekou Dumboya. Besides that, we just talked about that. Honestly, you you might have that. I don't. Yeah, exactly I can't even. I, I like. It's, it's fucked. I can't even. I, I really can't, can't even think anybody. of one. I know they passed on Giannis. I know I did a bunch of like. So I, we got Pistons history. The, the top five things in Pistons history: what, your championship, maybe number one. Chauncey Billups, number two. Drafting Kennard, number three. <laughs> Drafting Kennard is top five. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> top five. Like, That's they sad. Suck. That is Yo, sad. He's a great player, dude. Like he's he would be under Bill Mitchell. Besides the boys like Joe Dumars and them, like the Pistons, they were really good, dude. Right? Like they Darko literally Milicic. have one of the worst players in the league in Andre Drummond what? on their wow. team. Are you serious? Yep. He, honestly, wait, wait, I thought centers are very overvalued. <laughs> he is the definition is. of an overvalued. How center. is he overvalued, dude? He is the best rebounder ever. Wow. If I was seven foot and that <laughs> oh, much I'm taller sure than everyone else on the court, I could probably get 20 of those again. You know how many people are saying that around the world? You know how many of them actually have done 17% that? of all people who are seven what foot make the-, the NBA. So you have a 17% chance of making the NBA. If you are seven feet tall, <laughs> yes. So you as a seven footer with <laughs> a 17% chance. as a 5'10 white kid is not going to the NBA. I know, like, but if you were seven feet tall, you're saying with that 17% chance, you would also be the best rebounder of all time. Dude, if I had Andre Drummond's body right now, I would be oh, so a if you fucking were Andre Drummond, force you would be Andre in the Drummond. league. Yeah, I, I would be a force in the league. I agree that if you were Andre Drummond, Yo, you would be putting Andre, up more nah, stats nah, nah. Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond, if I had your body, I'd be putting up 10 times better stats in the <laughs> bitch ass. Like, I don't, I hate Andre so, Drummond, dude. So Get you'd work harder and you'd be smarter or something? Dude, so I would, just, yeah, Andre Drummond, dumbass, can't shoot free throws. 10 times better. 200 rebounds, yes. 180 I would get 200 rebounds a game if I were Andre Drummond's size. Okay. The game would literally get longer. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. All right. Uh, do we get through everyone's five? No. I, I'm, I, my, just, I just talked about my fourth. I had Luca at four. My oh, four, four is also Luca. We already talked about Luca. You guys both did your fours? Yeah. yeah. All right. Number four. This is crazy for me. I can't believe I'm saying this. I cannot believe I have this guy at number four. He's the most dominant regular season player in the NBA. I got Giannis Antetokounmpo, reigning MVP. I Okay. Before I get started on my top four, Giannis... And the other two guys, I have two, three, and four, are interchangeable in just about every way. So Giannis is a top two player as well as a top three player as well as a top four player. I just happen to put him at four for the purposes of making this list. Only because the other guys I have ahead of him, I think I can trust them better in the playoffs. Giannis is a guy that he's developing his game to a level where we haven't seen anyone necessarily play the way he has. He statistically is already the best center of all time on a per-game basis. He just happens to play power forward so people don't look at him the same way. He is, Shaq said he's better than him. We think Shaq is the best center of all time. Uh, Justin is uh, heading to the restroom for a moment. He'll be back. Um, but what I'm saying is Giannis is, he, he does just about everything. He's 15 rebounds a game, 30 points a game. He's the best defensive player in the league mm-hmm. on a defensive points saved and efficiency basis. There's nothing he can't do besides shoot and win in the playoffs, which are two things I think are important. That's why I have him number four instead of two or three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have him coming in at three on my list. And I think if I didn't watch last year's playoffs, I would have him at one or two, like no doubt. I mean, he's just so dominant in the regular season. He does it on both ends. He competes so hard. He's the definition of a player that you want on your team. I mean, you alluded to it earlier, like if we could take one player to start a franchise around, 
I think the yeah. list is a very short list with it's, him or Luca. I guys. think it's those Giannis guys. and Luca are the two best players to start a team with, without yeah. a doubt, right now. No, it, no question about. It. I would take Giannis. Who would you say? You probably take Luca. I I don't know. Giannis? I really don't know. I think that's a, a question for another time. Maybe I'll call in. But I mean, in terms of if he's at the top of the league right now, I just don't think he's there yet. He's a little bit too predictable. You know exactly what he's doing, and that doesn't mean you can't st- like you can stop it. Like it's not easy to stop. You know what he's gonna do. It's, just because you know what's coming doesn't mean yeah it's right. It, it's still I mean Justin's he's still a, an absolute freak. Um, but yeah, that's just the only reason I can't put him up higher is because we've seen in the playoffs that a well-coached system is able to prevent him from winning. You look at Giannis, like he, again, he's another guy that didn't start playing until he's 12 years old. His fa- he grew up in poverty in Greece, and I can't remember where else he lived. He lived, I don't know, but he, he grew up in poverty. His family didn't have much. He, he really had no way to practice. He, him and his brothers just picked up a basketball, started playing, and he got noticed by some coaches, got a chance with some professional teams. And that ended up growing from there. So his story is incredible. I honestly think he's him, Luca, LeBron, MJ, a couple other guys up there at the top. By the time they're done, it's it's huge to say. But you know, I, those guys are basketball is crazy now. There's guys from everywhere competing, and he is right up there with the best ever in terms of numbers already. He already has an MVP. I think he's already MVP. But there is clearly a big flaw. In, but clearly, stars in the NBA and or most sports they. We are really hard on them. Like, we were hard on LeBron before he had a ring. And now that he has three, he has tremendous amounts of respect. Like, yeah, I feel like people are not pressing Giannis. I know he's been in the league a couple years. But there has been. I have not heard any Giannis slander for postseason performance whatsoever. I know he's played decent, but I have not heard him being held responsible for a postseason performance a single time. I remember up until last year... They would literally get bounced first round pretty much every mm-hmm. year. I know Giannis did take his MVP like step last year, but still, they lost to the Raptors last year. If you are Giannis and you have your team that's the number one seed with home court, you can't lose in the conference finals. It could have been just to show how good he was in the regular season, though. His team wasn't as good as Philly. His team wasn't as good yeah. as Toronto. But he made it to the – you know, he – He's better this year. Than I he would was say last the Bucks, year, which is crazy. The Bucks have holes, and Giannis does a great job of. I can't believe that. I'm putting a guy at number four who's just won MVP and has more points, rebounds, and assists than he did last year. He's also making, he's making one point four threes a game. That is good. People say he can't shoot. He can shoot. That. He's not he's shooting twenty nine percent, but he can shoot. He's not. He's not a liability anymore. He's shooting sixty four percent on two point field goal percentages. He's insane. He does yeah. everything. And once he gets that three-point shot down to a level where he can maybe make it at high 30s percent, there's That's no, all it needs nobody to be. that can stop him. That is literally all it needs to and be. The only thing that maybe puts him behind other guys like LeBron or is that he doesn't have the same leadership necessarily. People love him, obviously, but you know I don't know what he's... I think if he starts to win in the playoffs and shows that he can lead a team to the finals and win there, I think he is just as good as anybody who's, who's ever played. So is that your fourth? I have him at four. So which is, I think I, I can't believe I have four. I think two for, through four interchangeable. For all of our top three, we're just gonna reveal them three, two, one in order of three, two, one. Obviously, don't know why I repeated that. Anyways, my three: Giannis, two, 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 LeBron, one, Kawhi. Ask me questions about that. Say again. What was your three? Giannis, two, LeBron, one, Kawhi. I'm interested in, in what. What was the reason why you have LeBron and Kawhi over Giannis? Because I, I did too. Okay. I'm just wondering if you had the same reason. It's a great question. At the end of the day, I think LeBron this year is his last year being above Giannis. I agree. I really do. I agree. But I think there is something in him 
that he has heard too much this offseason. He's going to flip a switch. I would not be surprised if the Lakers win the championship this year. I, that, in a couple of years from now, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Lakers literally past this season. But I, I think LeBron has one more season being this player he is and is this one. I think he's going to be a top I 10 think player Kawhi, for another two or three Well, I, I'm not saying LeBron won't be a top 10 player, yeah. but he won't be better than Giannis next year. I mean, LeBron wasn't better than Giannis last year. He just got – LeBron got so much better as a playmaker. I don't know if it's just because of the system or having Anthony Davis. Well, he's a point guard. Yeah, lot, exactly. You know? He just took a step. We didn't even – a lot of people didn't expect it. You know, I, I thought he was going to be a top five player. I didn't think he was going to be a top two player. None of my yeah. reasons on why LeBron is better than Giannis are going to be able to be pointed out with regular season stats. It's all like existential qualities I am referencing right now. I love LeBron's leadership. I love everything else he brings to the table. I love his defense. I love just you're playing LeBron James. That still yeah. means something to a lot of people. Is more Giannis is still new. Yeah. Giannis is still new. Giannis is probably scared of LeBron. He might not say it. But, dude, you grow up idolizing these people. And now you have to play them. That's a big deal. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron is more of a it's God like, figure. Yeah. Giannis still has to get there. LeBron has done it, dude. He made nine finals in a row, eight finals in a row. I don't, we got to figure out that. <laughs> we got to figure that out. Cause <laughs> we keep saying eight, nine. <laughs> Anyways, I got Kawhi over literally just for last year. Kawhi proved he's Giannis's daddy. He proved <laughs> he's the Sixers' daddy. I literally watched that shot bounce four times and proceeded to throw my phone into the drywall. And I was pissed off. But, like, Kawhi is the number one player of the league. Just because he rests out more than you like him to does not mean he's not the number one player. We'll get to load management soon. I think Brennan has some thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, Brennan, who do you have at number three, two, and one? I had had the same top three as Justin. So I had Giannis, three, LeBron, two, and Kawhi, one. Uh, so those of you who've been keeping on track of my list, you might have noticed James Harden wasn't on my list anywhere. Not even honorable mention. Can't say him as a player, that's but that's a topic for a new day. Um, but so I just talked about Giannis, and so the thing that was hard for me to do is to put LeBron up so high because if if you haven't been able to sense from my tone when talking about LeBron, I'm I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't like him as a player. I don't like him as a person. Uh, but I thought my list would have would have lacked some reputability if I didn't talk about it in in an honest way. You know, he is he's a top player in the league. And I definitely think he's better than Giannis because he's just he's really unstoppable. Because Giannis right now, when his playmaking ability comes into question, he can kick out of a double team, and that's about it. LeBron is finding people when they're open, where they need to be, puts the ball where it needs to be. And so if you're going to try to stop him as a scorer, you're going to leave him open as a facilitator. And so that's just a reason that I have him above Giannis. But then in terms of who the best player in the league is, I don't think there's any doubt about it. In my eyes, it's Kawhi. We just saw this man winning a finals MVP, he carried those Raptors to a championship. He's a dynasty destroyer. He's dominant on both ends. And the thing I've been impressed with, I think so often in this league, we hear about players that have tremendous potential. Someone like Anthony Davis, we, we've been hearing all along how he has potential to be the best player in the league. And he hasn't flipped that switch yet. Kawhi's one of those guys that you heard he had potential, and then he overachieved his potential mm-hmm. every single year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've seen this man evolve into an absolutely unstoppable scorer right before my eyes. I look away for a season, and next thing I know, he's unstoppable. The only person with a finals MVP in both conferences. The only person. Yeah. And, I mean, it speaks volumes. I mean, he's just a guy. He's a winner. He's going to get it done on both ends for your squad. And I just – I know there's no one else I'd rather have on my team if I'm going into a finals. I just think he's going to compete. We saw It's him. a bold statement, but I agree. Yeah, I mean, you see him playing. Like, he's busted – his legs hurting him, and he just battles through. Kids, a he's shown he can beat you in different ways. Yeah, he would shoot forty percent against the Sixers, and that's what they needed. He would be more efficient when they need him to and score less. 
He does it differently every single night. Yeah. He's not one-dimensional. You can't stop him one way. That's why Kawhi, I think, he's just too versatile. He's yeah. too good at too many things and yeah. too lock on defense. Yeah. I had Kawhi going into the season as the number one player, mm-hmm. and I still think he is that in a lot of ways. I think... Like he's tough. He's, so I had, I had Kawhi at three and LeBron at two. What were you going to say, Justin? I was just going to say that when you get top... You get to the top of this list, it's it's pretty much there's some opinions here. I gotta yeah, say, like I mean, they were kinda just picking between three great players right yeah. now. I would say we can't would you guys say these are top three? Yeah. You have you well, have Giannis at four. Yeah, you I have, have a different number one. I you I'll have Giannis at four. You have Harden at one, right? I do. But I'll that, talk about that. It's controversial, but I'll but talk about it. All right, all right. I'll talk about it. Um but anyway, what I was saying about Kawhi and LeBron, um, like I said, two, three, four, LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis. I couldn't decide between them. They're all number two. They're all number three. They're all number four mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. The reason I have LeBron at two instead of three is because obviously the playmaking is there. Everyone knows that. Um, him and Kawhi both can score. Everyone knows that. But the playmaking for LeBron is on another level. I didn't mean to say that. I made it sound like they're on the same level. They're not. LeBron is averaging 11 assists a game. He's, he's leading the league in assists. Everyone, everyone already knows that. But if you look at it this way... He's also leading the league by a large margin in potential assists, which is passes that um, result in a field goal attempt. How many how many um, points from assists based on probabilities and all that? He has nineteen point seven potential assists per game, which is insane. So he's he's passing the ball to people who have an opportunity to score, and and potentially getting that many assists. He's creating twenty seven point eight points per game on assists, which is also the best by a lot. Um, which means you add that to his 25 points per game and everything else he does rebounding, he's impacting the game like nobody else is right now, um, besides James Harden. But you look at what LeBron is doing on the defensive end. That's something people always say LeBron doesn't play defense. He didn't play defense a couple years ago. He had the worst defensive rating in the league on the Cavs the year that they made it to the finals with just him. He was the worst defender in the league during the regular season. Part of the reason why they got the four seed or five or whatever it was. They weren't number one. But what I'm saying is LeBron this year is a positive defender, and he's actually doing really well. He is, I think, he's seventh in win shares on, on the defensive end, um, second on his team behind Anthony Davis. But he is having a crazy good year, not only on offense, but on defense. On, on defense, he is um, 31.86 defensive points saved, according to NBAMath.com, which is, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. He's the 16th best defender in the league right now. He is just behind Kawhi in the rankings for that. Obviously, he's played more minutes, but he's doing everything he can on defense to help his team. He is one of the best playmakers. He's the best playmaker in the league. And he has obviously all the experience in the world. And I think that in the playoffs, he's arguably the, the one guy you want over anyone else. Maybe Maybe second behind my guy James Harden, but anyone else have any thoughts on what LeBron's done on defense this year? I, I think if you have LeBron leading the league in assists and top 20 in defense, that's a number one seed for the Lakers, and I, I agree with number two. I got to where I got him as well. I just My issue with LeBron is I, I know on paper he, he looks like a better defensive player, but I just don't buy it. I, I think the washed king label is pretty effective in describing him. I think... Yeah, great. He's averaging the highest number of assists in the league right now, but it's because he's running the point and he's like 
he's the focal point of that offense. Are they really gonna have Rondo run the point? Like, nah, Rondo is a wash. Not even a king. He's just washed. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rondo's still really good. Yeah. Would, <laughs> At least Brennan respects LBJ with Wash King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. The whole Wash King thing is ridiculous. LeBron made that up on his own. He probably saw it on Twitter. Well, nobody did. smart has ever said he's the Wash King. Like nobody ever said he was washed. Mm. Brennan is saying it because he doesn't like him. Nobody, I, I don't like him. Nobody ever legitimately thinks that LeBron is washed. I think he is very much reduced from what he used to be. Yeah, that's fair. I think and he's yeah, not as good but as he no, used to be. Yeah, too. he's obviously not completely washed up, but I think I think he's a fraction of the player we saw with the Heat. And then sure. I think honestly, I think he started declining after he left the Heat because I thought that was peak LeBron. And uh, no, no, maybe. I, I just, LeBron, he that was that was most unstoppable LeBron. That's what I, that's what I mean. I think maybe. he was because I think what oh, he Cavs brings is he was LeBron so has to be postseason with the Cavs. That was that was the best playoff performance I've ever seen. But I think most heat, athletically explosive, that, yeah. dominant, how would Showtime LeBron? Yeah, but what's interesting is how would LeBron have been in the playoffs with Miami if he didn't have Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, who were also all stars? He might have been right. That's what that's numbers because he 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 was he, the most athletic. True, right, he most appeared the best. True, he could have right. right. Yeah, and I think he, that's he could have put forth crazy numbers if those guys. He was already putting up crazy numbers, but he didn't need to. You know, he had two Hall of Famers with him. Yeah, but yeah, so I I just think he's definitely a player that's on the decline, and I I think. He gets a little bit too much credit for being a, a great facilitator. I think what he does, he doesn't pass as like, because I heard someone saying that LeBron might end up like scoring the most points of all time and he's a pass first player. And I just think that's a total mischaracterization of him. Mm-hmm. I, I think he passes when he's being double teamed or when a teammate's open, but I don't think he's a pass first player. No, I think someone like Rondo is no, a pass first no player. No players in the top 10 are pass first. Right. You're not a superstar if you're a pass first yeah, player. No, that's pass, just first guys are, pass first is like Ricky Rubio, yeah, yeah. Josh on Rondo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys that are not going to necessarily make the Hall of Fame, but they're going to be really good players for a while. Yeah. Like me Clearly, and 2K, pass first player. Yeah, you would be a scorer if you were a scorer. Pass first guys aren't good at scoring. Yeah. This is why they're called pass first because they're not scoring. Yeah, no, that's, first. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are pass second players though. There's a lot of guys who are shoot second, yeah. score first. Right. Like you miss you miss your shot is your second thing that you're gonna do. Whereas LeBron, I think if he's not gonna make the shot, he'll make the pass instead. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the times he's he just like throws a bailout pass and is, he's left open because he's such a dominant scorer that you have to help off. And you so, get a double and he is good at finding the open team yeah. with a flashy pass. Yeah, like, being such a great scorer helps with your pass. Yeah, oh absolutely. I think they fall hand in hand. So I just think he gets a bit too much credit for being a facilitator. I I've personally very rarely watched a game and been like, Wow, LeBron made an excellent pass. I think a lot of the times it's like a very straightforward basketball play. He's double teamed and he kicks it out to the corner. Like it, yeah, and I, then they, okay. he has talented enough teammates that can knock down the shot. I agree, but I do think that he makes the right play so often. Yeah, that you have to look at. Oh that yeah, and say that's part of the reason why he's a top two player ever. Yeah, I, I think he makes the right basketball play. Yeah, but most everyone times, thinks but... he's a top two player ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm saying he wouldn't be a top two player if he wasn't so smart. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's not physically good enough to be the second best player if he's not so smart as well. Yeah. No, no, they go hand in hand. He's so smart. He knows everything. Yeah. He's great, you know. But I think also a big part of why he's considered in that conversation is this narrative that he's created around himself. I think he's one of the most calculated athletes I've ever seen. And that's the reason I don't like him is that I feel like so much of what he does is uh, self-perpetuated. And I think he tries to control the narrative on his legacy 
And instead of just going out there and playing and competing, he tries so hard to like control the narrative through Twitter or through interviews or whatever it is. Now he like he's doing movies, producing shows where he's literally just talking about his own greatness. Building schools for kids in need. Yeah, I mean it's it's things he does. He's like I don't doing know a lot of great things. But I, he does great things, but a lot of the time I feel like it, it has this ulterior motive. I don't know. I just always feel like he's very calculated, and I think everything he does is about bettering his legacy. And because he's just so legacy focused, I think truly great players are the ones that are humble. They're absolutely confident in their ability, but they're humble. Like they're not going to come out and tell you how great they are. But LeBron is not even reluctant to do that. I did. I was really upset and I was disappointed even, you know, that's like, that's mm-hmm. worse than that. You know, yeah. When you're someone's disappointed. Oh, I'm saying, hold on. I'm not, okay, you, you got to finish your thought. Oh, you got it. LeBron diagnosed himself greatest of all time after yeah, the comeback know. of the Warriors. MJ has only now said he's the greatest of all time because it's all everybody talks yeah. about. Yeah. He, he now knows that he's the greatest. And of he, all. he never said that during what about, One of my favorite interviews is how he talked about how he's not coming out trying to be the best player in the league because he mentioned other guys like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson who were also really good at time. Imagine LeBron going up there and talking about how KD is really good. He's never going to do that because he knows he's the best. He is the best. The, Michael Jordan was the best too, and he knew he was the best. But there's different levels of humbleness. I think they're both humble in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron, he wouldn't be doing all these great things if he wasn't humble to some extent. But there's a lot of ways where he's arrogant, too. Yeah. And I think that... I, I, I Back to what I was saying, I was disappointed when he threw the basketball and knocked over the like pregame like, camera setup that yeah. those guys had. LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron did that. Pre- there's a video of it. Um, stuff like that, where he just kind of gets carried away. He's, doesn't, he's not necessarily always level-headed with, with the spotlight, I should say. But... I love. I mean, I really. I, not trying to take away from what LeBron has done as a player and as a person. I think he's a great person. You know, he's done some amazing things, and he will continue to do that too. I so. think he's a good person. I just think he's very calculated with it. So I, I, I'm reluctant to trust how how good of a person he actually yeah, is. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. Number one player for me. Nobody's gonna agree with this. Maybe someone. Maybe someone. Else. You know, I had I had I had to do it just because I know no one else would. James Harden. To me, right now, is the best basketball player in the world. Why? Well, we'll start with the scoring leaders of all time. Zero Sing- titles, one MVP. <laughs> Look at the score. I mean, okay, you, you, you no That's one- how players. That's how greatest players are. How many, how many titles does Michael Jordan and LeBron have combined against KD, Steph, Clay? A lot. Zero. Really? LeBron's got one against KD. No. Oh, I mean, Steph. Yeah, all right, he's got Steph all three on the same team. He's, oh, that's what you said. Nobody now. has ever beat that's the Warriors. What you say now, bro. With all three of those guys, dude. Nobody has ever. You can't beat them. call this man the best nobody player has in ever basketball. Beat them. He had to play them every when year. He took them to seven games wait, without Chris. Paul. Oh, we played them in the finals. Oh no, we didn't. You're right. We took them to seven games. Didn't, didn't play he? them in the finals. I'm not talking about LeBron. I'm talking about never even beaten the Warriors Harden. with just Steph Curry. Now he's got Chris Paul. He had Chris Paul. Now he's got Westbrook. Still doesn't matter. I that goes to show how good Steph is. And how good, how good Clay Thompson is. I think those I guys agree. are really those good. Are both good players. And, good and I'm also not mad that you put Harden number one. I just think in this basketball accolade-driven age, where so many people will use that as their definition of the best player, is they have X Finals MVPs or X blank, X blank, X blank. Title-driven league in NBA, all look, I care about is results. I'm looking past that right now because we talked about earlier how that's not necessarily a good thing. I'm looking at... Best single season points per game ever. If you take James Harden's points per game right now, and let's say we extrapolate it for the rest of the season, 37.7 points per game. Number one, Wilt Chamberlain. Number two, Wilt Chamberlain. Number three, Wilt Chamberlain. Number four, James Harden. Number five, Wilt Chamberlain. Number six, Michael Jordan. Number seven, Wilt Chamberlain. Number eight, James Harden. 
he is he scored more. His, he also his, takes hella shots. He's also double teamed every possession. He's doing things that we've never seen before on a basketball court on the offensive end. He's, Dude, because he shoots it more than anybody else. He is his his. You cannot do. You cannot replicate what James Harden has done. And nobody in history can do what he's done. He's second in the league in minutes. He is playing more than anybody else besides Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> he is shooting a higher percentage on drives than LeBron. You know, he's... he's How tall is he? 6'4", 6'5"? 6'5". LeBron's 6'8", and got 100 pounds on him. He's scoring at the rim. No one's arguing Harden's, Harden's James Harden's ability also to finish at the bucket. He's a, he's great, a great playmaker. Yes. He's, but I'm saying he is not an efficient player. Are you gonna? Are you he's gonna not going to be a player that's going to win a championship. Are you going to come out and player? tell me he's only shooting free throws? Because he shoots less free throws per game. James than Harden will never win a championship as the best player. Do you agree with that? James Harden will never win a championship as the best player. On I disagree. I think he's going to do it this year. Really? Yeah, I think the Rockets are going all the way this year for James oh Harden. Oh my god! I can so happy we have that on tape, bro. <laughs> I've been saying it all year. You haven't been listening. I've been saying. Well, James, no, now we got it on tape. So James Harden. If I haven't been listening. James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Two best players on the team. I think they'll go all the way this year. And I, anyway, besides what I'm saying was, is there even another player? The whole James should Harden... Shouldn't be on the G League roster. The whole James Harden only scores because he gets followed a lot is kind of a fallacy. He That's gets, like two years He ago. gets followed less per game than Giannis, but he makes a lot more free throws. That goes to show that if you follow James Harden... Giannis can't shoot free throws. If you follow James Harden, he will still score. If you follow Giannis, he might miss his free throws. You, you might follow him off... You know, off the uh, away from the rim, James Harden has created the most points in the league this year, which is calculated by assist points plus scoring points. And the whole argument where I mean he only makes points off free throws is kind of dumb too, because you look at guys like in in other sports like soccer, Cristiano Ronaldo in the past three years has scored twenty percent of his goals off penalties, where it's just him against the goalie, and that's you know. A lot of those weren't even created by him. Someone else, Griezmann, or uh, who else? Or not Griezmann, that's Messi. Who else does Ronaldo play with? You know, whoever is, you know, drawing the foul, drawing the penalty, he gets to take the penalty kick. Giannis, every single foul he gets, unless it's a technical, is from him. He's doing all this himself. He found a way to find a loophole in the game where the refs will let him score. And if that's the case, you can't fault him for that. He's so good that he's doing it. I'm gonna say. Your one of your reasons is now is that a player has found a loophole to be good when every other player on this list, I'm not saying they don't have their individual loopholes and stuff that makes them better than everybody else. I do agree that is 100% part of the game and something that Harden exposes clearly much better than everybody else. But that could never be a reason. Would that be a reason that they're that? Is that your reason because he can finesse like no, that? No, no, is no, he no. better? Okay. What I'm saying is he gets hate for that. Whereas yeah, other does. players definitely, yeah, Giannis doesn't get hate for being six twelve with you know a forty foot wingspan, and that's his loophole. He's so much bigger and athletic than everyone else that he can score through him. He I scores would thirty say, points per game. People praise him. Yeah, I would say Harden that Harden does dirty work, gets fouled. I would say that Harden Harden is the only player that gets genuinely punished for him getting fouled. Like every other you player, you're like, yeah. yo, they went to the line. Like that's good. Yeah. But when Harden does it, they're like, he's cheating. So Harden I will goes, say, even as a critic of Harden, uh, that's 22 a 22 for 23 at the line, people say he's not, he do, doesn't mm-hmm. deserve it. I remember DeRozan used to do that. That'd be a headline on ESPN. <laughs> the DeRozan would go 22 of 22. Jer- uh, James Harden scored, I can't remember how many points. He's done it so many times this year. He's averaging close to, he could average 40 points per game this year, which is insane. When, it, when Harden is on the floor without Westbrook, his team is plus 16 points per 36 minutes. That's insane. I mean, with Westbrook, it's like around eight. 
And with Westbrook and no Harden, it's like minus, minus something like that. I don't know. It's like minus 16. He is on the floor impacting his team more than anyone else. His team is, you know, on a three-game win streak, losing streak. But besides that, they beat the Clippers, you know, with, with Kawhi and Paul George. I think he's the best player in the world. You guys may disagree. All right. Um, you guys heard our list. You heard our opinions on little NBA. You heard our special guest, BOC, today. And we wanted to wish everyone a happy holiday weekend. And if you guys have any questions, we can always direct them to the Madams Photography Instagram account. We're going to put up a poll right after we post this live whenever we do. Any questions, like questions, comments about the show, let us know what you think. We'll answer them next episode. And... This is Justin Ball out. I'm going to let give these guys a little chance for their two cents, but it's been a great time. This is the first one recorded, and I look forward to the next one. Thanks, guys. I don't have much to say. I just want to say thanks for listening. If you stuck with us this whole time, appreciate Brandon coming in. Appreciate Justin having us over, and I can't wait to do more of these. Yeah, thank you, guys. Awesome opportunity to work with you boys. The first podcast was amazing, and I can't wait to hear what you guys put forward, uh, put um, going forward. I, I guess even blind squirrels find a nut every now and again, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> I-